This Moment Outdoors is brought to you by L.L. Bean, official partner of the National Park Foundation for the Find Your Park movement. What may sound like a big problem might not be. You might want to clean your RV out before spending thousands on repairs. An aluminum truck camper might change the way we think about an RV style that's due for an upgrade. Tiffin's Van Lee fifth wheels know how to treat their customers to quite the party. And where can you go for sandy beaches, decadent food, and some changes in attitudes and changes in latitudes? You're listening to the RV Miles Podcast. Welcome to episode 92 of RV Miles. I'm Jason. And I'm Abby. And we are two full-time travelers who, along with our boys, Jack, Ethan, and Henry, crisscross North America in our converted school bus. Each week, we talk all things RV and outdoors, from travel destinations to gear, industry news, our national parks, and a whole lot of rando. I wanted to start today with a little oops story that I came across on the internet. Ian had owned a Class A for years without problems. This year, however, he began hearing a clunking sound when accelerating or braking. He took the motor home to an RV dealer who suggested it might be the brakes or the drive shaft, maybe the transmission. They did some work on the brakes, which didn't fix the problem, so he took it to another shop and another. And after several thousand dollars of repair bills, Ian figured it was time to sell before whatever it was got worse. While sprucing it up by vacuuming under the front seat, getting it ready to sell, he found a full can of Coke that had been clunking back and forth against the seat frame. Problem solved. I don't know why Ian is telling anyone that story. That's a story I would bury deep down and I'd never let it see the light of day again. That's something I'd do. Or something you've already done. Probably a few times. (laughs) That story from a collection of RV Oops stories in Motorhome Magazine. I'll link to the full article in the show notes. This week, we're coming to you from the relaxing Gulf Shores, Alabama, where we're spending a lovely weekend in this really nice resort community. Florbama, as it's known, which I didn't know. I've never heard. Didn't know that existed until we drove across Florida lines and into Alabama, and then it was just Florabama everywhere. It's interesting because it is quite different from the Pensacola side where we just were, not in a better or worse way. It's just a completely different place, but still among the, you know, the beautiful barrier islands of the Gulf Shores. I could get used to it here. I could certainly live here. I don't know. It's, it's getting hot, though. I walk outside and it's like it's like raining off my shirt. I could still live here. There's just, there's really nothing you could say that could make me say no. I could live here. As you all know, our trip along the Gulf Coast has, uh, has been fraught with some challenges, but we have been loving every minute, spending our time coming from all the way over in uh, the, the western side of Louisiana, 
over to the panhandle of Florida. And uh, a couple weeks ago, we spent a lot of time in Biloxi and the coastal Mississippi area. Yeah, which is Biloxi, Gulfport, Ocean Springs. They're kind of just like all right there together. So today's episode mostly is about that experience and the cool things that you can do in that area. But before we do that, I think there's something very, very important that I need to say to you. And it needs to go out and be heard by anyone who's listening right now, because it's very, very important. It's something that you wait 365 days, 364 days, I should say, every year for people to say to you, are you ready? My God, please don't. Jason, may the 4th be with you. Why? Just just because it sounds like the force doesn't mean it means anything. Why? It's not a real thing. Why? (laughs) Okay, I have a question for you. It's like... I have, hold on. This is like Americans who celebrate Cinco de Mayo just because it's fun to say Cinco de Mayo in Spanish. Okay, well, that's on Sunday. So don't put the cart in front of the horse. We have to get through Star Wars Day tomorrow. We'll get through it like I uh, get through every other day. Yeah, we're going to have to watch a Star Wars movie tomorrow. We have no time to watch a Star Wars movie tomorrow. We'll find time. We have all the time in the world. There's 36 hours in our day. Didn't you know that? (laughs) Not 24 anymore. 36. But that's how today's going. Yeah, that's how our whole weekend's going to be. But before we move on and talk about the wonderful coastal Mississippi, I do have a question to pose to you. Since we have talked about May 4th, Star Wars Day. May the 4th be with you. There's Cinco de Mayo, which you've already brought up. I know how you feel about St. Patrick's Day and especially St. Patrick's Day in Chicago. But on a scale of one to 10, where do you rate Talk Like a Pirate Day? One being the absolute worst and 10 being like, oh, I love it. And it's like Talk Like like a Pirate Day is worse than all of them together. No, that's not even a no, because this is the thing. There's like what are you what are you saying, Jason? There's one person that's going to like walk around and actually talk like a pirate. OK, how about talk like Shakespeare Day or Shakespeare? I don't even know what we call it. But. That doesn't see. OK, that's what they call it. Talk like Shakespeare Day. <laughs> and that one even enrages me more because it's not how Shakespeare talked. He didn't talk in poetry. He didn't talk like his plays. What dost thou mean? <sighs> Mine, Jason. Anyway, I had a friend. I love Star Wars as much as anybody else, if not more. I don't love a day based around the fact that four sounds like sounds like force. Listen, I had a friend whose parents, when the original Star Wars movies came out in the 70s, would, along with a a group of other grownups, go to these movies and then write down the wisdom of Yoda as they were watching the movies to take Yoda's words and then put them into their lives. I can't make this up. It's too good to be made up, but this is a true story. So, you know, different strokes for different folks. You have your religions. I will. I am. Look, we're watching a Star Wars movie tomorrow. You can go and poo-poo in the back bedroom if you want and stomp around in the like one little square foot of space that you have back there. And we'll sit up here and we'll watch a movie. Only a Sith deals in absolutes. <laughs> We're dangerously close to getting some 
of those negative reviews that people put out about podcasts where they banter on for too know, long before actually talking about something. Well, work your editing magic and let's talk I about Coastal. I don't even know what to do with that. Let's just, That's just going to have to it's going to have to live there and let it fly. Hey, maybe it's a B-side. Hey, I mean, what you do is like you just cut the whole thing out and then we create a segment like once a week that comes out that's like, the outtakes. Some of it's gold. We just can't use it. Now we're bantering about banter. Moving on. <laughs> we obviously, if you've been listening to us for the last several weeks, we had some trying experiences before we made our way over to the coastal Mississippi area. And we had to skip our stop in New Orleans, which was very disappointing to us. But we couldn't have been happier to really let go, make some changes and have a lot of fun in coastal Mississippi. Yeah, the whole area was exactly what we needed to kind of reset and refocus and get back on track. I love this area. I grew up in this area for a few years in Gulfport, Mississippi. Some of my fondest childhood memories are around the coastal Mississippi area. I love coming back here. So for me, it feels very much like home. So it was nice to roll into somewhere that just felt like a warm blanket. And, you know, if I can't have my mom hug me, I felt like I was getting hugged from the coastal Mississippi. And you know what I, I realized today uh, about all of these Gulf Coast communities is that the Gulf Coast does tourism so well without being too kitschy, but enough kitsch to have a little bit of fun without, you know, being too much of a tourist trap, taking your money and running with it. And there's a lot of great stuff to do in all of these communities that is unique and interesting and just special. I think there's a lot of pride in just the small, unique things that define these coastal communities. I think they take a lot of pride in that and they should. I think maybe a lot of it has a lot to do with resurgences after some of the devastating hurricanes over the last, you know, 20 years or so. The the oil spill, lots of things that really hit tourism hard down here. I think the area is just on this massive resurgence. They're tough little cookies. Yeah. This area down here. They're not giving up. So we stayed at the Davis Bayou campground, which is part of the Gulf Islands National Seashore. This is one of the places that we stayed when we first came down here two years ago on uh, just after becoming full time. And we really love the, the Gulf Islands National Seashore. Uh, but the Davis Bayou area is really special because it's a bayou and there's alligators and there's turtles and there's heron and there's all kind of cool bayou type animals. And it's just a place where you can be near the coast and feel, I don't know, there's you feel Southern. You do. And what I like about it too, is I loved that not a whole lot had changed with this campground since we had seen it two years ago. So it felt very familiar and was nice. And Everyone was just as welcoming as I remembered them being. And what I really like about it, and this is one of these things I love about certain campgrounds. It's something that's a, a box ticker for me, is a campground that feels remote and removed, but is really genuinely not remote and removed from civilization. Yeah, you five minutes in your 
you're at the every single store that you need. Five minutes and I'm at Starbucks. <laughs> <laughs> but you can't hear the sounds of a highway or anything. No, There's no. not the lights of a city. It's you feel like you're camping. You feel like you're a part of nature. You feel like you're a part of the Gulf Islands National Seashore and a part of the bayou that's there and the ecosystem that lives in that area. But then I also am five, 10 minutes away from going to get a gallon of milk if we run out because we weren't paying attention, you know, and I appreciate those things. And this is one of those campgrounds where you can have both. It's also incredibly close to one of the best donut shops ever, ever. It is. I'll f- I will. I will fight you if you try to tell me that <laughs> so, is not true. So this. So Davis Bayou is in Ocean Springs, Mississippi, uh, along with the. Is it Tato Nut or Tato Nut? I, I just know it's good. I don't know how they I, pronounce it, but they're donuts that have potato in them. Yeah. And I'm going to go with Tato Nuts. Yeah. Potato. Yeah. Yeah. Let's nut, do that. Right? Let's go okay. with that. You can see the recipe on the wall. There's mashed potatoes in the recipe. I don't know if it's they still follow the recipe exactly the same way. We had a long discussion with somebody about this, too. Yeah. Is it an instant potato or is it a traditional, you know, you boil, you mash, you get that butter and the milk and all that in there? Or did you buy a box of potato flakes and you add some water and you're done? I don't know. But there's nothing that tastes potatoy about them no. by any means. They're, they're so fluffy. I think, but I think what the potato might do is that they're so fluffy on the inside and that's just like a hint of crisp on the outside. Yeah. And maybe that helps with the frying and giving that little bit of crispness. Maybe. I don't know what it is, but. These are wonderful, wonderful donuts. And we've been to donut shops all across the country. And and, and of course, you know, because that's what we do. We eat donuts and pizza. Uh, But a lot of them, we have seen this donut called the Katrina donut. And sometimes we kind of roll our eyes a little bit, you know, like you're in like Nebraska and you see a donut shop that has a donut called the Katrina donut. And what it is, is a, a donut that has sort of all the leftovers of all the other donut batter crammed together to create a donut referencing Hurricane Katrina. And in some of these communities that weren't a part of Hurricane Katrina, it seems just don't make no sense. Well, maybe it's a little I don't know. It's a little derogatory, I guess. I don't know. I mean, it's a good donut. But this is the place. What I'm getting to here is that the Katrina donut was actually invented at the Tato Nut or Tato Nut donut shop in Ocean Springs, Mississippi. And it was invented during Hurricane Katrina. It wasn't just like a a marketing gimmick afterwards. It was because they were running out of supplies because they couldn't get resupplied after the hurricane. And they started having to use whatever they had on hand. And they made these incredibly good giant Katrina donuts, which are just a mishmash of the different batter they have. It is the best donut I've ever had. It's the absolute best donut I've ever had. I would eat two or three of those in one setting. You should not eat two or three of those in one setting. That's (laughs) just not good for any. They're huge. It's not good for any human to eat that many donuts at once. But I would. I would. I would do that for the team. I would do that for research. They're so good. I wish we I'd drive back over there right now and get one. And the, the place is in a really quaint area of Ocean Springs where there's a lot of old houses. There's a 
I feel like it has a little bit of a New Orleans vibe yeah. to it there with the way the architecture is with those wrought iron railings that are, you know, the second story balconies, the the flat front construction. I just it has a very southern urban southern feeling but to smaller. Me. I'm going to call it like hometown historic. It, that's sort of what I think of it as well, some d- of these smaller communities that have really quaint little historic downtowns. This is that. but but uh really special and uh and there's a nice park around there there's a whole lot of little shops that you can visit it's a it's a really nice little downtown to visit yeah so you stay at davis bayou you explore ocean springs you pop over the bridge into biloxi and there is so much to do over there as well we started off our exploration of biloxi uh with the biloxi shrimping trip now biloxi is home to all kinds of shrimp boats as the whole area is. And these big shrimp boats go out, you know, miles out into the ocean and put their big nets out and catch these massive, massive Gulf shrimp, which we all eat all across the country. But uh, this Biloxi shrimping trip is, is it's not a big shrimp boat. Um, It's a small little boat where they sort of demonstrate how shrimping works and you go out you get on this you get on the boat and you go out uh, on a tour of the bay and they put a net out and and drag it for 20 minutes or so and they pull it up and they show you what's in it and there's for us there were shrimp there was blue crab there were all kinds of other little fish little puffer fish and stuff like that and they throw it in a little aquarium and you get to see them swim around and they throw it all back so it's all catch and release type deal if you're squeamish about that sort of thing. I thought it was really fascinating and educational as well. You know, you're out there on the Mississippi Sound. You're, you know, you kind of come out from the harbor and you're going out there on the sound and he's talking to you about the season, what the shrimping season is. And they usually don't open their season in Biloxi until uh, early June is kind of what he was predicting. It's when the shrimp get to a certain size. Yeah, they have to be a certain size. And he's telling us that beneath our feet are millions and millions of small baby shrimp that have yet to grow to full capacity that and that you know that's kind of how they're they're waiting for all of that and he's he's explaining to us the size of shrimp and then he's talking to us too as was well like when the season starts he's getting shrimp for $2 a pound if that's crazy to me. And these some of the smaller ones, if they're getting bigger, he's talking, and I wish I could remember the exact numerical description that they used to talk about the size of shrimp. But he's, he was talking to us at one point about a shrimp that was about as huge as my gosh, like my foot. And I couldn't comprehend shrimp that big. Coming from the Midwest, coming up North in Chicago, like we're what we have cocktail shrimp and then we have popcorn shrimp. (laughs) Anything bigger than that. And that just doesn't make sense to me. That can't be real. That's it, like that's like a GMO shrimp. And it costs seven times as much. Right. Like there's no way we're getting shrimp for two dollars a pound up in uh, up in Chicago. But then he also talked about blue crab because they have blue crab in Biloxi. They have it there in the Mississippi Sound. And he talked about Maine and their blue crab season. And it's not a it's not a 365 season up there. No, it's short. He it's says, very you know, short. It's four months. And and a lot of the crab that you get in Maine when you're, you know, going up there for specifically for their wonderful blue crab. He's saying a lot of that 
actually comes from the Gulf. Depends on the time of year, I guess. The more you know. The more you know. So it was 70 minute tour. It's $20 for an adult. That's 12 and older. And then it was $11 for four to 11. Kids three and under are free. It is worth it. It's educational. They were very funny, very personable. They really took the time to get to know our kids. They're going to let you safely and gently hold the shrimp or the blue crab or the fish and really get to interact with the life that is there underneath us in this boat. And because this is so important to the Biloxi community, because shrimping is such an ingrained, it's just woven into this community. I think that there really is no better way to get to know coastal Mississippi than to go out on a shrimping tour. It, it was a fantastic introduction to, to Biloxi because not only were they showing us the shrimp and talking about the shrimping in industry, they were giving us the rundown on all the best restaurants to go to, to go eat seafood and just just giving you a general idea of the area where to go, things to do. It's a really great overview. And even if you're not into seafood at all, which I'm not, no, you're uh, not. I had a heck of a lot of fun. Yeah, we highly recommend it. Our kids are definitely not into seafood, <laughs> but they really enjoyed it as well. No, you can't uh, you can't call that a French fry, no matter how hard you try. <laughs> so we're just getting started with all the fun things that we did in coastal Mississippi. We're going to have a whole lot more later in the show. Hey, you guys know we love our Pelican 30 quart elite cooler. Pelican coolers are fantastic coolers made in the USA, super durable, lifetime guarantee, and they'll hold ice for several days depending on the size. Up to nine days they can go keeping your ice solid and your food cold. And they do have a ton of different options for different coolers. We have the 30 quart, which is great for like a family outing, but they've got a 20 quart, which is going to be good for a two person picnic. They've I got love I love that they call it a six pack and snacks. <laughs> yeah, that's what the 20 quart is. It's just six pack and snacks. They've got a 50 quart, a 70 quart, 95, 150, 250 quart cooler. How many people do you think it takes to carry that 250 quart? It's a big cooler. That's a big cooler. I mean, Pelican coolers are a little bit lighter than some of the other rotomodal coolers. But I'm just talking process, about but width. I'm not talking about weight. I'm just talking about the width well, of it. I don't least, think I could at get... At least two. This is not yeah. a one-person cooler. Like I don't think That's I could get sure. my hands around it and lift it put That's it in the for car. sure. They're just super well-built with their press and pull latches, their molded in-lock hasp, their rubber feet. They even have wheeled versions. I really love the wheeled versions. They've got big, giant wheels, so you can just grab the handle, big pull handle, and pull it like a wagon. And they come in all different colors, along with all the different shapes and sizes. And if you are as enthusiastic about Pelican as Jason is, and how can you not after listening to him talk, you need to head over to pelicancoolers.com slash rvmiles, and you will score a free tumbler with any purchase. Go over to pelicancoolers.com slash rvmiles, get your free tumbler, and become a happy Pelican user just like Jason. It's time for the answer to last week's brain teaser, which went like this. A man is sitting in a pub. He's feeling rather poor. He sees the man next to him pull out a wad of $50 bills out of his wallet. He turns to the man and says to him, I have an amazing talent. I know almost every song that has ever existed. The rich man laughs. The poor man says, 
I'm willing to bet you all the money you have in your wallet that I can sing a genuine song with a lady's name of your choice in it. The rich man laughs again and says, okay, how about my daughter's name? Minerva. The rich man goes home poor and the poor man goes home rich. What song did he sing? Well, the answer was so simple once I saw people's answers. Yeah, a lot of people got this one. This is probably our most popular brain teaser so far. A lot of people had this one. But if you if it didn't click in your head, it, it did not click in my head. The answer was happy birthday. You can put anybody's name in happy Genius. birthday. Brilliant. Next time I go to a bar, I'm going to do that. Who's our winner this week, Abby? Peter Renfro from California. Peter will be receiving a Not All Who Wander Our Lost t-shirt, and you'll have a chance to win yours later in the show. So while we were visiting coastal Mississippi, we really felt after all the issues that we had with the bus, we really needed a couple true vacation days. Now, it may sound like our lifestyle is always vacation, and it is to some extent. Absolutely. That's a fair assessment. But we needed some vacation from the vacation. (laughs) You know, camping is so much fun, but there is a lot of work involved. So we spent two nights at the Margaritaville Resort right in downtown Biloxi, right on the ocean. Okay, so our room had this beautiful balcony that looked right out onto the Mississippi Sound. It was spectacular. It faced directly at the sunset over Biloxi. Those sunsets are something to talk about. They are something to stay in your room for. This was exactly what we needed. We needed two days where we could just kick our shoes off and really, really invest in their motto, which their motto is it's five o'clock somewhere. Let me just say too, if someone had said to me later on in life, you are going to stay in a resort and it's going to be one of the Best times you've had in a resort. And it's going to be themed after a Jimmy Buffett song. I would have been like, what are you talking about? I mean, I just wanted, I want to be in the room where it happened when it was like, hey, Margaritaville is such a phenomenal song and so many people love it. I think it translates right into a resort. Hey, and a resort for families, mind you. I'm We're going to have an I'm arcade. Right there with them. I wish I had thought of it. It's a brilliant idea. You know what you're going to get when you hear the words Margaritaville. Yeah. So the hotel itself, it just, it really does. And I have a review over on Our Wandering Family about our time there. And one of the things that I say is that they just, they really understand that families are coming there to relax, to get away, and to actually want to go on vacation not because sometimes i think as adults with little people sometimes we go on vacations and our kids have a really really great time on vacation but maybe we don't have as much fun on vacation as our kids because we're doing a lot of things that are for the kids and that's wonderful but this is one of those things where their pool really caters to everyone it's got a splash pad it's got multiple slides it's got a lazy river it's got a swim up bar Everybody loves a swim up bar. I, yes, they do. And I'm not talking about one where like you swim up and then you do a chin up. I'm talking about the one where you swim up and you order a daiquiri. Yeah. Okay. Now, unfortunately, it wasn't open while we were there. We were there a little early <laughs> in the season and it was fairly cold. This is an outdoor pool. But I got to tell you, all the kids in the in the hotel were swimming. Well, the adults, not so much. Not but those so much. kids. Those kids did not care. They would come out looking like icicles and they would still swim. Henry 
that he, the child would not stop and he would come out and his little teeth would be chattering and his little body. And he, Henry's a little guy. He's a little guy and his whole body would just be rocking. I'd be like, come here, let's get a towel. Let's, let's warm up. He's like, no, no, I gotta keep going. I gotta keep going. And I mean, that is just the appeal of this pool. What's really cool about it too, is that it sits on the fifth floor. So it's not down low. You're not level with the Mississippi Sound. You're not level with the Gulf there. You're above it still. So even when you're out on the pool and you're having drinks and the kids are playing, you are going to get that spectacular sunset. They also have a massive arcade that is a lot of fun with all the newest games and virtual reality and stuff. And we spent a, a a whole lot of time in that arcade. More time than I thought we were going to spend. Yes. That is because they had Galactica. So you might say they have all the latest and newest games. I say they have all the old school games. <laughs> they have those too. That the grown-ups want to play. That's a really cool thing about an arcade is when they have games that grown-ups remember playing from their childhood and want to play. And they have games that kids are playing now and are gravitating towards. There's also two restaurants in the Margaritaville Resort. And you can go to this place without staying there as well. So one of the reasons that this place worked out really well for us is that they have plenty of parking that could fit our bus. And, and then some. Yeah. So if you're touring through the area, even if you're just going to be staying in your RV, this is a good place to stop and, you know, get sort of that island feeling going with some some Margaritaville food. Absolutely. And I'm going to give you a PSA if you're going to go eat at Margaritaville. You might be tempted to order the nachos, and I can see why you would be tempted to order the nachos, because I ordered the nachos off the appetizer. I thought, nachos, no big. The nachos were taller than me. The nachos <laughs> came to the table, and I had never seen nachos so big in all my life. And everyone that was around me started laughing, because that's how huge the nachos were. I did not, I was not intimidated. I took those nachos down. You did your best. I did my very best. I think I got through about a third of them. The portion sizes of everything. And that's just to give you an idea. The portion sizes are huge. Some of the best value for kids meals I've also seen. When my kids can't finish a meal, a kid's meal, that's when I know it's a, it's a really solid yeah, so kid's often meal. often you get just a small, especially when it's like the mac and cheese. It's, you, you know, sometimes you know that it they heated in a microwave one of those craft cups of mac and cheese and that's all they give them well, sometimes and charge you seven dollars for it it's just not big enough no and then you end up having to order another one because people are hungry portion sizes at margaritaville's i know you know i've been to other margaritaville's across the country and they're they are huge yeah the south knows food too yeah. so you know you know you're always going to get a really decent sized meal down here so we will link to if you are interested in it we'll link to my full review that I wrote over on ourwanderingfamily.com, we'll drop that in the show notes and you can go over and check it out, check out a picture of the room and just kind of get an idea of what the space actually looks like. You will love it. For a completely different 180 degree dining experience, we had an amazing lunch at a restaurant in Biloxi that, that is sort of a Biloxi tradition. This place has been around for quite a while but it's new and fresh, modern sort of golf style food. This place is called White Pillars. And it's probably the fanciest dining experience we've had on the road. Yeah, I would definitely say it is. And it was one of the best meals I've also had 
on the road. They're farm to table. They really utilize the community and what the community is growing and when it's in season. And so what you get in front of you and what is put on the plate is fresh. It's a wonderful representation of the community. We had these shrimp corn dogs that were so good. You know, the kids had macaroni and cheese with fried chicken skin on top. Now, not all those, not all our kids ate that, but a couple of them tried it. I had this fantastic shrimp and grits. Just absolutely phenomenal. I had a bone marrow and steak burger. This thing was, it was like, it had quick pickles on it, um, duck fat, aioli, bacon jam, and oyster mushrooms on brioche with Parmesan fries is by far the best burger I've ever had. And when, when Abby said this, you know, it's farm to table and a lot of places say that, you know, a lot of places say they get all their ingredients local. We talked with the chef for quite a bit of time. Literally everything in this restaurant is local. Everything. The ketchup is local. Well, they, kindly allowed us to come back and tour the kitchen as well after we were done with our meal. And one of the things that they pointed out was that their canned items that they use for the entire restaurant wasn't even an entire shelf, let alone an entire row on a shelf. Their canned items were next to nothing. That's how fresh and how that's how fresh everything is. You know, they took us into their walk-in cooler and they had there in the walk-in cooler just an entire pig. Yeah, they yeah. Cu- they cure their own meat there. They they make their own sausages and all, all that sort of stuff. They even one of the chefs showed us some some of their their wooden utensils that they use in the kitchen which were made by one of the chefs there. It was an experience. If you're a foodie, If getting to know a community through what is on your plate is important to you, then White Pillars is the restaurant you want to go to. It doesn't matter if you go anywhere else. This is the restaurant you want to go to. So now while we were at White Pillars, this day was an interesting day because there was a massive storm. And maybe many of you remember this uh, because there was a massive storm coming across the country that hit community after community from the Midwest all the way down South and then over towards the East coast. And there were lots of tornadoes, not too far North of us. And we were under a tornado watch and then a warning that day. And a lot of the places that some of the places we intended to go to that day closed early. The restaurant was open, but hardly anyone was there. So we were really getting concerned about what we were going to do that night, especially because we had to record a podcast and the rain on the bus is not conducive to that. No, you can't hardly talk to one another when it's hardcore rain <laughs> Let on the alone bus. the wind and then there yes. was hail. So we actually booked another night into a hotel and this was like a totally different place. Yeah, We stayed at a little motel in a country club called Gulf Hills. and. This was it was such a quaint little motel that had like, you know, lots of floral prints in the rooms and stuff. But what was so unique about this place is Elvis actually stayed there. Yeah, it was one of those hotels where you don't know how people managed to make so many different floral patterns work. 
but somehow they pull it off. And that's what this hotel I does. I kind of loved it. Actually. I loved it. Yeah. It was Southern charm through and through. We ended up not getting the kind of storm that everyone was prepping for, but there was really high winds, I think, into the 60s and 70 miles per hour at some points. There was rain on and off throughout the night. And even though it didn't quite end up being as strong as we thought it was going to be, I still think at the end of the day, we made the right decision to leave the bus at the campground and go to a hotel just because our kids, I think they would have really struggled to have a good night's sleep had we stayed. So one of the things that is great about this area is the fact that this is another area that has one of those attraction passes that we love so much where you can go buy a, a pass that they're usually fairly affordable and they allow you to do a whole bunch of different things. The Gulf Coast attraction pass includes the Biloxi Lighthouse and Biloxi. So there's a, there's a lighthouse that is sort of their symbol of Biloxi that's, that's right there on um, on the main roadway 90 that goes through town. And it's right across the street from the visitor center too, which is a really nice little visitor center. Uh, so it, it gets you entrance into that. It gets you into the uh, NASA Infinity Science Center in, in Purlington, which is, I don't know, maybe 45 minutes away. 45 minutes to an hour, yeah. Uh, uh, the Lynn Meadows Discovery Center in Gulfport, Mississippi. The Maritime and Seafood Industry Museum in Biloxi. Uh, the Pascagoula River Audubon Center in Moss Point. And the Walter Anderson Museum of Art in Ocean Springs. And then you can go to the Or O'Keefe Museum of Art in Biloxi. And this is named after two artists. George Orr and Georgia O'Keeffe. I knew a lot about Georgia O'Keeffe, who's who's a painter, and she did did a lot of floral stuff. And there's some stuff from in in the Art Institute in Chicago that I, I've seen before. Um, but George Orr is somebody I didn't know about. I had no idea who he was, and, and he was a potter. Yes, and he was, and that's really not a medium that I know too much about, or I I know kind of who is the who's who of pottery and. His work really kind of spoke to me, though. I ended up, by the time we left that museum, really liking him and kind of wishing that I had a piece of his. It's very animated. It's very much alive. Like you look at that piece of pottery that he's created and you can see humor. You can see creativity in it. You can see the story he's trying to tell. And frankly, I've never looked at pottery like that before and been so actively engaged with it. He's really cool. If you don't know who he is, I absolutely recommend just do a quick Wikipedia Google search. He is kind of like Biloxi's artist. He did all of his work was done there in the community. And the the museum is really unique too because it's it's like four or five separate buildings that you go to, you go outside between them, and they're designed by Frank Gehry, really famous architect, uh, and he sort of made these buildings. The intent was that they sort of dance within the trees, and you can go up to the top and get a good view of of the bay from one of them. But they also have galleries where they show. Uh, you know, rotating exhibits of modern art from different artists, mostly from the coastal communities. And and we really enjoyed looking at some, especially some art that was from uh, a couple artists from New Orleans 
and I, it, uh, it was just a great museum where they, another one of those art museums where they encourage kids to explore, have fun. Don't worry about shutting up and being quiet all the time. It's okay. Have, have a good time at this museum. It's not a solemn experience where you have to, you know, pretend you're in church. You make, you make museums sound so depressing. Well, no, I mean, just some <laughs> art museums. I, I think a lot of art museums are getting away from that. Yes. They used to be like that quite a bit. Yeah, there are more art museums are really trying to attract a younger crowd because, you know what, frankly, you need an un- you need a younger crowd if art is going to survive. Yeah. You need those kids to be coming to the art museum and they need to be finding joy in those paintings and sparking their imaginations and putting a passion in them to be the next generation of artists. I think people are realizing, too, that being so serious about it is not a way to help people enter into a conversation with the art. Uh, frankly, it's boring. Yeah. Who I, wants to be so serious all the time right. about art? Let's just have a little fun. So we really love that they have this attraction pass only $32 to visit all those different things. Yeah, $32 a person. And that's still a fantastic deal. If you consider all the places that you could go, just that attraction pass alone could be all of your activities for the entire time you're visiting that area. And that could easily get you through an entire week. And it never expires, too, which is really cool. I've never seen one do that. Yeah. So you could come back three years later and still go to some of those places. That's kind of smart if you think about it, because if you don't have enough time to use it all, you have an incentive to want to come back. Yeah. You can only go to one place. You can only go to each place once, but if you've got leftovers, definitely come back as we do. We absolutely loved the Mississippi coast, just like we're loving the Alabama coast, just like we love the Florida coast. Uh, But we had a fantastic time there and you should definitely check it out. On your adventures. For weeks, you've heard us sharing about our new favorite organizational app for all things RV, Togo. Togo has created an ecosystem of offerings that completely digitize the RV operational experience, checklists, how-to guides, instructional videos, more all designed by RVers for RVers. And if you didn't catch episode 91, the best internet options on the road, check it out to hear about their brand new all-in-one internet connectivity kit, Togo Roadlink, combining state-of-the-art hardware with new unlimited RV-specific data plans from AT&T. Roadlink C2 is a powerful Wi-Fi booster combined with a 4G LTE antenna. It's a small all-in-one dome that easily installs on your roof and can be controlled by an app instead of a clunky portal. Whether you're a full-time traveler or weekend warrior, Togo is designed to make your life easier. Simplify your travel experience. Download the Togo app, spelled T-O-G-O, in the U.S. Apple Store or Google Play. An RV that runs with Togo enjoys more miles with less trials. Seriously, if you're listening to this podcast on your smartphone, you've got it there already. Go download the Togo app. It's free. You've got nothing to lose. Check it out. Jason, it's time for your favorite segment of all time now. We need theme music for this. We really do. Or themes, no, theme no, sound effects no. for this. Yes. Don't ever. Don't. No. 
It's time for Fresh Tank, Black Tank, where we talk about the good and the bad, the ups and the downs of whatever's on our mind in the RV industry and camping and national parks in the world this week. If I listen to this podcast and I hear some sort of flushing sound, I'm going to come for you, just so you know. Okay? You've been warned. So, with that in mind, why don't you kick it off? Usually I do. Why don't you kick it off? And why don't you tell us what your fresh tank is my fresh tank this week is van lee rvs van lee is the fifth wheel division of tiffin motorhomes and we just happened so we're we are at gulf state park in alabama and when we rolled in here all of a sudden we start seeing rv after rv after rv that look exactly the same And what we realized is that we rolled right into the middle of a giant rally for Van Lee RV owners. And this is so cool because this is Van Lee's sort of owner's rally where they sort of give back to their customers. And, you know, the the owners are a passionate community of these Van Lee RVs, because if you don't know much about Tiffin and and Van Lee, Tiffin makes top of the line stuff. I mean, and they've got some on, on show right here. They're partnering with lazy days to bring some up here that you can go tour. And I walked through a few of them and man, they are just primo cream of the crop. Every finish is beautiful. Every detail is just perfect on, on some of these Van Lee fifth wheels. And rumor has, and rumor has it that Bob Tiffin himself is somewhere in this campground. I, I've been I've been told that. You've been told. Uh, but this is the cool thing, though, is that they bring they bring all these Van Lee owners here, and then they do service on their RVs for them. So Truma is here doing service on water heaters. Uh, Lippert is here doing service on steps and frames and and all the stuff that that they deal with they somebody's got, here washing rvs too they, they have a mobile washing service here and i don't know it's just kind of cool to be able to I, i've never been to a sort of rv specific rally hosted by the manufacturer yeah yeah and they were having a boy were they having a party? They were having quite the party. They, they were. What was the song that they were playing where you were like, I don't know why that song was ever green lighted. Eric Clapton, uh, Cocaine. Yeah. That that one, that one was going pretty strong over there. They, you know, they, they, had, they had a band playing and they were playing Cocaine. Yes. There yes, you know. they were. Well, they were yeah. trying to play their version yeah. of it. But he no, was no were, Eric Clapton. They're, they're feeding them all over there. They have tents and they have, they have uh, seminars going on for... For the uh, the Van Lee owners, so so kudos to a company like that, a family owned company. There aren't that many family owned RV manufacturers left, and that's the difference. That's really what it is. They, companies like that really take care of their customers. It looks like a really fun time. I wish I had a Van Lee so I could go over there and party with them. I know, right? All right. So, what's your black tank? My black tank this week is flooding. My hometown, uh, the quads that we've talked about, my hometown area before, the Quad Cities area, which is on the border of Iowa and Illinois, right on the Mississippi River. No stranger to flooding over the years has had some really devastating floods. All of a sudden, a couple days ago, in in the middle of a of a decently bad flood, the levee broke in downtown Davenport. 
and it's it's all underwater and now this is they they are experiencing record flooding the in, photos in are unbelievable Especially and because there are places that we have stood, places we've taken the kids. Some real historic buildings. Yeah. Um, you know, they've been through it before. They'll recover. But it's a community that's feeling down right now. But, you know, it's not just that, though. The flooding is from all the snow melt that's coming from the north because there was so much precipitation this year. And there's places across the country experiencing this. Uh, you know, if you didn't hear about what happened in Nebraska earlier this year, where essentially the whole state flooded well they're still suffering the effects of that it's it's very difficult still to cross the missouri river between iowa and nebraska look if you don't if you don't think it's wackadoodle out there with the weather right now i just i have like three words forwards i don't know how many words this is going to be but i got words california drought free mic drop yeah drought tree for the first time in a long while and you know snow in in may yeah. <laughs> in, in chicago no i mean how long before california is suffering again who knows but right now they got plenty of water and all those almonds are getting watered <laughs> All right. What's your fresh tank for the week? So my fresh tank is really similar to yours. We had a press release come in today from Dynamo TCX. It's a company that makes camper vans and they have created. And I just thought that this was a really cool idea. And it's, it sort of blew me away that no one has done it so far. They have created an all aircraft aluminum truck camper. There is no wood frame whatsoever. It looks a little, it looks like an Airstream. It looks like it's not quite as um, aerodynamic and round, but it's exactly if Airstream was to make a truck camper and plop it on top of a truck, this is what it would look like. What I think is really cool about this is because I always look at these truck campers and I think, wow, that just looks incredibly heavy on top of that truck. And they are saying that their truck campers, when they're fully loaded up, are only going to weigh 1,200 pounds. Wow. That to me is unbelievable. And they're saying that these are the testing that they have done on these, they say, is just blowing them away. They are not available for purchase yet. They're taking pre orders starting in June. But we'll put a couple pictures that they sent and we'll put them into the show notes just so you can see what they look like. I just think it's really interesting and really innovative because and we've talked a little bit about this i think that truck camping is really on the rise and becoming an incredibly popular way for couples and and solo travelers and just to get to out on clear, the road we're talking about the campers that fit in the in the bed of your yeah, truck, a truck yeah you know not clear on what a truck camper is yes thank you and i think these have been due for some innovation for a while some of them, I've been in a few of them recently, and it's not something I ever considered. Those things are nice inside and way more room in them than you would expect. Yeah. And I said to you today after reading this, I said, you know, because we have always talked about once the kids are grown and it's just us on the road. Like, would we do a class B or would we do like, you know, a little pod or whatever? And, you know, I'm a little curious about this truck camper. And the fact that, it, you know, if you've got it on the truck and you can go off, you know, you can go off road with it, you can really get into those BLM lands. That's very appealing to me. 
Mm-hmm. The ease of being able to get around as well yeah. is very appealing to me. So I just think this is kind of cool. I'm going to try and get around this week to writing an article about it. <laughs> but we'll link to some we'll photos link, at yes. least in, in the show notes. Yeah. Well. What's your black tank for this week? Well, again, my black tank kind of also links up with your black tank. And I'm black tank and mosquitoes. Oh, man. Mosquitoes and I. It's that time. It is that time. But they are just being really mean to me. And I don't appreciate it because mosquitoes and I have had a very good relationship with each other for almost 40 years. Mosquitoes have left me alone. I tend to be the only one in my family the mosquitoes are not attracted to. Say what you will about what that might say about my personality. That's fine. I'm totally okay with that. Mosquitoes, they won't, they are all, I'm like itching this one on my leg right now as we've been doing the podcast that's making me nuts. And I want to find that mosquito that did this to See, me. See, I think it's because you're all of a sudden eating healthier. Oh, <laughs> they sense that. But what's your, what's your reason then? Because they will eat you alive. Well, they've just always liked me. I don't know. They're just so sweet. They just don't know what to do with you. <sighs> so, so, they, so, yeah. Or maybe they, maybe they like, uh, maybe they like tart flavors. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I've just become nicer as I get yeah. older. Mosquitoes, you've been warned. You're on my black tank. I don't want to see you back here again for the rest of the season. All right. It's time for the new brain teaser. Absolutely. Everybody's favorite segment of the show is the new brain teaser. Absolutely. Of course. A 27 by 27 inch square metal plate needs to be fixed by a carpenter to a wooden board. The carpenter uses nails all along the edges of the square such that there are 28 nails on each side of the square. Now, first of all, he should be using screws, but that's neither here nor there. 28 nails on each side of the square. Each nail is at the same distance from the neighboring nails. How many nails total does the carpenter use? I wasn't listening. If you think you know the answer, send us an email at editor at rvmiles.com or send us a message on any of our social media before we record next week's episode, which is always on Thursdays. And you might win a Not All Who Wonder or Lost t-shirt. Want to connect with other RVers and get tons of RVing resources and great discounts? From motorhomes, travel trailers, fifth wheels, bus conversions, and more, FMCA is here to enhance your RV lifestyle. For as little as $5 a month, you can travel with peace of mind knowing FMCA has your back. Get connected with like-minded RVers on their Facebook page, forums at conventions and events. Deals and discounts include RV insurance, roadside rescue, and the tire savings program, and their medical emergency and travel assistance program is included free. A lot of you are breaking out your RVers. A lot of you are breaking out your RVs right now. You're dewinterizing them. You're you're starting your camping season. Are your tires ready for spring and summer trips? Make sure that they're not too old. Make sure they're not cracking. Get them checked out and look into getting tires through FMCA's tire savings program because it is one of their most popular benefits. It's one of the best deals out there. You get the same price nationwide, wherever you are on Michelin, BF Goodrich, Continental and Hankook tires for passenger vehicles light trucks and RVs. You can use it on your car. It doesn't have to be on your RV uh, to get the discount. You can visit fmca.com to get tire quotes and a list of participating tire 
dealers. And if you are not an FMCA member, what are you waiting for? A yearly membership is only $60, but RV Miles listeners can save $10. Just visit fmca.com slash rvmiles19. That's fmca.com slash rvmiles19. And you too can be on your way to becoming an FMCA member for only $50. We will link to it in the show notes, fmca.com slash rvmiles19. It's time for a gear recommendation. And Abby has one this week that is sure to please anybody that has some sore feet. So we had a company reach out to us that was interested in having us test out their product. And they're called Off the Beaten Track. And they specialize mostly in women's shoes. They do have a smaller line of men's shoes and they have some handbags. And so they sent me three different pairs of shoes and I've spent the last month or so wearing them around in different environments and really getting to know them. And I have fallen in love with this brand so much so that I kind of forget that I have any other pair of shoes. Yeah, this is sort of really actually taking over. Your footwear. Yeah, it has. They make shoes that are designed to look stylish, but then also are designed to get off the beaten track. Like they're not fooling around with their name, right? So I have been kind of wearing these for the last month and a half. I've done a few different things with them. I have three different pairs, and each one has absolutely done exactly what they said it was going to do. I have the Unison and Electric Blue sneaker. This is going to retail for about $130. I just had those on the other day when we were at the Naval Aviation Museum. We were there all day long. We were walking all day long. You did a two-hour walking, almost more than two-hour walking tour (laughs) that you didn't expect to be two hours. Yeah, The 45-minute tour was a two-hour tour. Uh, On the cement floors. Yes. And these shoes, I I had no issue. And I tend to be someone that, you know, my feet tend to tire easily. So these are really sporty. They're outdoor. But what's so fantastic about them is that they have a really chunky, lightweight sole that is designed for comfort and breathability. And they definitely delivered in spades when it comes to both of those. So another pair I have, and this has really become my go-to shoe since I got it, and that is High Tide in Black Flat Sandals. I was never one who really wanted to do an open-toe sandal. Yeah, you've never worn a pair of shoes like this no. before that I've known. No. And having had these, I absolutely could see these being a part of my wardrobe like going forward for years to come. Because one of the best things about them is that they have these lightweight EVA like sports soles. And then also they have these raised pads inside as well. So they're supporting your the balls of your feet, your arches, your heel. In addition to the support that you're getting on the sole of the shoe, the strap itself is really strong. It's made of this rubber that's really, really durable that just makes me know that I'm going to be able to go out. I'm going to be able to truck around. I'm going to be able to be rough with these shoes. and They're totally going to work out. And this was always my goal when I look for a pair of shoes is I want to I want them to look nice. I want them to look fashionable, but I want to be able to be rough with them. You know, I don't have like a little little shelf where I keep all of our shoes here. You know, they well, just get thrown into a bin. I think that's always the thing for me that I have understood as kind of the difference between men and women's shoes a lot. Because you always complain about the price of, of men's shoes. 
Uh, and men's shoes do seem to be often more expensive than women's. But the thing is, men often wear the same shoe every single day, whereas it's less likely for a woman to do so. And I think that's all not true really anymore. Maybe it never was exactly true for a lot of women. And it's nice that there are companies building rugged shoes for women to that are not just for, you know, hiking. Absolutely. And this is such a great price point for these shoes, too, because they're only forty nine ninety five. And so it's a realistic price for a pair of shoes that are going to last you for a while and are going to give you the comfort and support that you need to do those active things that you want to do. Um, finally, the last pair I have, and this was a bit of an indulgent, you know, I didn't really see like, where does this fit into my world? But I loved them anyway, because the style was so great. And these are the universe in Navy sneakers. Now, these remind me a lot of Tom's. If you're familiar with that brand, it's sort of this um, sneaker loafer kind of like hybrid. But what I was really drawn to about these is, again, they're lightweight and they're really flexible. Like you can bend them and twist them. You can throw them into your bag and they're going to hold their shape when they come out. And they're still going to look really, really stylish, too. And they're just incredibly comfortable. Now, the one flaw with these shoes compared to the other two that I have is that they did recommend that you order a half size down. And I've had this problem with these loafer sneaker canvasy type shoes in the past before too. I ordered the half size down. They fit perfect, but I'm someone that has a very narrow heel. And so they do not fit me on the heel the way they fit me with the rest of the shoe. So on one foot, I have an issue where there's been a little bit of rubbing where it's been threatening to give me a blister. So I have to, and I've had to do this in the past with other shoes too. I need to buy some sort of grip there that's going to kind of bridge the gap between my heel and the back of the shoe. So that is something to keep in mind. If you have rather narrow heels, you might find that to be a little bit of a problem with these shoes. It's nothing you can't fix because if you have narrow heels, you know that the struggle is real. And you know how to fix it. So these, again, they retail for about $79. But you're going to be able to throw these in your bag. And they're going to be great for urban exploring. They're going to be great when you're just hanging out in the national parks, hanging out in your campground. I really like this brand. I think that they are just exactly sort of in that price range where I would expect shoes of this quality to be. And I see them having a longevity of life, which I think is why they landed for me in the gear review this this week, because anytime I put that kind of money into a product, I want to feel like that product is going to I'm going to get my money out of that product, like I'm going to get true use out of that product. And these are shoes that I can see having around the bus for quite some time. So overall verdict is a definite thumbs up from you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Two thumbs up. I'm like the Siskel and Ebert on these shoes. (laughs) All right. That is another jam-packed episode of the RV Miles podcast. For links to everything we talked about on today's episode, visit rvmiles.com slash 92, where you can find more info on coastal Mississippi, including Abby's review of Margaritaville Resort. 
And of course, if you love the national parks, we hope you are joining us over on America's National Parks podcast. This week's episode actually features a ranger from the Gulf Island National Seashores over in Fort Pickens. Ranger Cass took a little bit of time to sit down with Jason and share the history of the fort. It's incredibly fascinating. So you can find that wherever you subscribe to podcasts. And follow RV Miles as well as our personal travel blog, Our Wandering Family, all over social media. And visit us at OurWanderingFamily.com. And thanks to our sponsors, L.L. Bean, the FMCA, Pelican Coolers, and Togo. Jason, it's now one o'clock in the morning, so I think it's time that we wrap up this podcast. Okay. (laughs) I'm just going to go edit it for the next three hours. As always, thank you all so much for listening. We will see you next week. And until then, keep logging those RV miles. Bye, everybody. Bye.